Welcome to The Boilerplate, a go-to-market podcast by Inferno. We are a full-service advertising, public relations, digital marketing, and design firm based in Memphis, Tennessee. We're going to be discussing the ins and outs of solving the toughest go-to-market challenges using branding, public relations, social media, digital strategies, traditional marketing, and just plain all common sense when it comes to go-to-market. So my name is Beth Wilson, and I'm the PR manager here at Inferno. And I'm Brandon Davis. I'm a senior copywriter here at Inferno. So yeah, like Beth mentioned, what we're here is really just to give you guys some insight into you know how a business can market themselves. And you see it all the time with these huge corporations that are constantly hitting people with marketing streams. They have full PR teams. So we just want to help bring a little bit of that insight to whoever wants to hear it. Today, we're going to get started with some intros for Beth and myself. And we are also going to give you guys five quick tips for boosting your PR. So stay tuned for that. And I think we've got some really good stuff lined up for you guys today. While we get started, uh, Beth, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I am a born and raised Memphian and two-time graduate of the University of Memphis. Go Tigers! Received my first degree in journalism with a public relations emphasis. I found PR after a stint on the news editorial track. I've always loved to write, and then briefly with broadcast journalism, because I thought being a cheerleader would help me out in that um, and be a natural fit for me, not so much. But I took a few business marketing classes and really loved that and found that public relations was a perfect marriage between journalism and marketing. So that stuck, and that's where I got my undergrad degree. I started my career with Varsity Brands. I worked there for a few years as the content editor of the website and assisting with various corporate sponsorship activations, traveling all over the country to um, just help with different corporate events and sponsorships. And then moved on from there to serve as the marketing manager and develop the marketing department for a company based here in Memphis with operations all over the country. Worked there for about six and a half years with my primary focus being on digital marketing and public relations. Before I left that company, I had actually made the decision to go back to school and was accepted into the executive MBA program at Memphis. About halfway through that, I started looking around, kind of felt myself, you know, really being drawn and having a desire to enter the agency world. And as luck would have it, I was actually judging a DECA competition. Uh, DECA is a high school marketing association. I was judging a competition at Christian Brothers University and ran into an acquaintance. Actually, that was Liza Routh, who worked at Inferno as account executive at the time. And we got to talking about our careers. And I told her about my experience in PR and my desire to join an agency. She actually let me know that Inferno had an opening for a PR manager, which hadn't even been posted online yet. So I applied, and a few weeks later, joined the team at Inferno. I've been here almost five years now and could not love my job, my team, this agency more. I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Brandon, so tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, actually, so we have a lot in common. Um, I went to University of Memphis, too. Go Tigers. Uh, was also a cheerleader. That, oh right! Yeah, that, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> um, but I, I was actually the exact opposite in college. Um, I was not a cheerleader. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, and so I, I did a little bit of everything in college. I 
tried psychology for a few years, philosophy, journalism, until finally I settled on an English degree, a writing degree, and wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that. And so at the time I was in college, I went to grad school, I was writing short stories, and I got this opportunity to do an internship at a local ad agency. Uh, at the, I didn't know a whole lot about copywriting at the time. I knew people made ads. I knew that people made commercials, and, and that's about as much as I, I knew. Um, but I was interested in it, and so I jumped in on this internship. I got the chance to work with some really big-name clients, uh, doing ads for things that I thought I would never be interested in, like agriculture and um, pet genetics and things like that. And so uh, it was a really cool experience for me, and it really just made me fall in love with marketing and communication. Um, and I know that's a I know that's a cheesy thing to say is like I love marketing and I love talking to people. But one of the things that I really liked about writing was telling stories and just connecting and finding human ways to, to talk to people, which really like at its core, I think, is what marketing is. It's not it's trying to sell products for sure because people are paying for it. Um, but it, it's really trying to connect people with the things that they care about. So I'm not just trying to sell you, you know, this for agriculture, this crop yield uh, spray for my own benefit to make money. That's part of it. But it's also actually answering a need. You know, there are farmers out there who want bigger yields, who want to fight these diseases. And so I love that we are providing real solutions. And a lot of the times it's like putting a puzzle together. So um, anyway, long story short, I ended up in Inferno. I uh, got the chance to, to work on some of our bigger clients here. And I feel like I've really gotten a chance to explore and grow. And it's made me a better storyteller. I'm really interested in kind of, you know, at Inferno, we do both sides. So we do marketing, which is kind of the, the paid placement, right, uh, of create an ad, book a space in a magazine, or buy this much airtime on TV, and then run that ad. And that's a lot of what I deal with day to day, but there also is some crossover with what you guys do on the PR side of things, which is, you know, earning that placement more mm -hmm. and building media relationships and getting in touch with people. So... Uh, just getting to do a little bit of all that and finding different ways to tell stories and connect with people, I think has been a really cool thing. I love that. You know, I've, I've always loved writing as well. I think that's why I started out in news editorial, but what I loved most and what I still love most about public relations is the fact that we get to be storytellers. We get to be brand ambassadors and telling and sharing our client stories as an extension of their business. And it's such a powerful thing. Storytelling is insanely powerful. And it's a, it's a great thing to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of jumping into the meat of this today, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about how we do different things, but kind of the same. So, you know, marketing versus PR. We're going to be focusing, I think, for the first several episodes here on public relations in general what businesses can do to improve their public relations, why it's important. So can you just speak to that a little bit? To, you know, why PR? Why should businesses care about that? And is it important for a mom-and-pop business who's just starting out? Is it important for a medium-sized business? Or is it really just for these, you know, huge corporations? Is Nike the only person that should have a PR team? What's, sure. what's the story there? Yeah, so when people generally, or maybe when they used to think about public relations, it was due to a crisis. They needed to call someone in to help with reputation management. Yeah, your CEO said what? Uh, yeah. Right, <laughs> you know, and that happens a lot in this uh, climate, I'll just say. But, you know, 
public relations is so much more than that. And you alluded to this earlier, public relations really is earned media placement. And you're seeking out influencers, you're building media relationships, you're building relationships with your clients, current and prospective, and you're looking for ways to connect with the community. You know, and that's not to say that public relations is free. Uh, you know, great PR strategies take hard work, they take time, and they take expertise. Either you'll be doing it, you'll be paying someone else to do it. You also don't have as much control over your message as you would with an advertising strategy or with an advertising campaign. So is that scary, like not having that control? What What do you guys do to kind of mitigate that? Yeah, it is a little bit scary because, you know, we can only tell the story as we know it to be, whether it's our story, whether it's our client's story. But it truly comes from having those media relationships that we have and making sure that everything that we put out there, whether it's on in a press release, whether it's simply a pitch, an email pitch to media, whether it's a phone call to media, or whether it's owned media, as we say, so we're putting out a story on our blog, we're making sure that we are getting the message out there as, as it is truthfully in our own words and then we can go back and whatever media outlet trade publication whatever that may be picks it up they can always go back and find you know our original story so what we really try to do is ensure that everything that we're pushing out there has factual data attributed to it and that we're providing whether it's our media contact or whomever as much information as possible. Now, it's really interesting, you know, when you talk about is it scary, right now I believe the ratio is five PR professionals to every one journalist. So we have to do our job and do it well. And we also have to be pretty concise in our pitches because they don't have time to read 5,000 pitches with 5,000 words from 5,000 PR professionals. So when we do that, while we do want to include as much information as possible, our pitches need to be really concise, very descriptive, but that's kind of an oxymoron, but descriptive, but yet concise. And then we can say, for more information, here's the press release if you want it, or click here for the full story so that they have as much information or access to as much information as possible. And we always try to set up interviews so that they can talk to the specific source on whatever the story may be. So we're just doing as much as we can to make the media's job easier while ensuring that we are being good stewards of our clients' brands. That's, you know, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So what is that? You mentioned that pitch process and you talked a little bit about how journalists, you know, filter that out. Can you walk us through that process a little bit? So what did, you know, when it comes to public relations, when you're trying to get that story out there, how? Like, what do you guys do to do that? Sure. Well, it comes to first having a solid relationship with our client to ensure that we know the story well. I mentioned earlier being an extension of our client's business. So we almost have to be the expert as well in their industry and their company and making sure that whatever we pitch is is factual and it represents the brand well. So we'll create a, it. It actually depends on what the story is. Is this does this need to be a press release? Does this warrant a press release? Does it warrant simply a pitch 
you know, it, but that that question is answered based on who we're pitching to. So there's one outlet here in town who, if you send them a press release, they're going to disregard it. So we're very strategic in making sure that we just give them a few bullet points. Here's the main topic. Here's the here's the story. Here's some factual. Here's some here's some data. Here's some you know factual evidence to back it up. Here's a link to more information, and then they run with it. We can hook you up with, you know, so-and-so CEO or the director of operations. If you need more information, happy to do that. So it just really depends on who the client is and what the actual story is. That's going to dictate how we pitch. But, you know, essentially it goes back to, you know, making sure that we know the story, that we can speak to it on behalf of our clients. We pitch according to whoever our media outlet is, and then we're always available to follow up. So, you know, I like to think of PR as it's the industry that never sleeps. So we've got to make sure that we're always on and we're always ready to, you know, facilitate or coordinate an interview and be available as an extension of our client's business. Yeah. So do you, are you guys, you are pretty much available all the time, right? It's a 24-7 business. <laughs> if you're not, you know, it's, you know, there there is some balance for sure, but yeah. if you know, it, it's a it's a hard industry, and if that's not something that's not for everyone, you know, but it's definitely fulfilling yeah. and rewarding um, all the time. So, well, I think you know earlier you mentioned how people initially when they think about PR, they're thinking about spin teams and manipulating people, and I, I think that's you know for advertising as well. But we'll you know we'll keep talking about public relations. I think there's this perception of there's this big group of people out there ready to deceive you and they're helping these companies twist and spin. But it sounds like, you know, when you're dealing with journalists, you don't even really have the freedom to do that, right? One of the things that makes public relations so valuable is that it brings a level of authenticity to your story, to your brand. You know, your story has a lot more credibility when it's told by other people and essentially when you're not paying for it. So people do take that as you know, this this has way more credibility because it's not something that I'm paying for placement. This really is third-party credibility. Yeah, that credibility is super important. And I think that's why it's so important to get invested in PR and to get in front of these, these media contacts, get in front of your audience as much as possible. So to help you do that, let's get into the, what we promised you guys at the beginning, which is the five tips boosting your PR? Sure. Tip number one, you need to set goals with any type of outreach, whether it's PR or advertising, you need to know what you're trying to accomplish. So my recommendation is to start with your business goals or your clients goals, and then align your PR and communication goals with those. Many people think I want to get six articles published about my business, but that's the how. You need to focus on the why. Are you trying to build a bigger local following? Are you trying to get contact information from more prospective customers? You'll never know how successful your PR efforts are if you don't know what to look for. So you want to establish KPIs early on and measure against those. Also try to find measurable ways to see how your business is performing. Great. Tip number two, I think, you know, beyond, let's back up a step from PR. You, you know, you've set these goals for your business before you even approach any kind of marketing, advertising, PR, anything like that. You really want to be super familiar with who your brand is. So you need to think about what is your company trying to accomplish? What core values are important to you? Are you out there as kind of a service industry? Are you out there to sell a product? What does your audience care about and how does your brand relate to them? I think, you know, at, at the core, you need to figure out who am I talking to? 
what do they want, and what am I saying to them to answer that need? And I think that's kind of you know a foundational building block for any kind of communication, but especially for PR, where you're trying to earn this media, you're trying to build this authentic presence. There has to be something real and authentic behind that presence. So I think you know you start at home, you start at, at where your business is, who you want to be, and then you kind of use that to promote yourself to whoever will listen. That's a great point, Brandon, and that leads us to our third point, which is building relationships, and that really runs the gamut. You know, it it starts with building a relationship with a strategic PR partner to help you tell those stories, or that could be building a network of media contacts if you have a communications person in-house. It is also about building relationship with your customers. That is a huge part of public relations when you're, especially when it comes to storytelling. You want, it's always about building relationships with current and prospective customers. It's building relationships with the media so that you can call them or that they can call you. They feel comfortable in calling you when a story breaks on something that has to do with the industry and they know that you can speak on behalf of as the expert. So building relationships is definitely a key part of PR. Yeah, for sure. When you were mentioning earlier, you know, that whole pitch process with journalists, that's not something that I think every business owner would know how to do initially. Um, And I think that's really why it's important to find a strategic partner if you can. If you can find someone to help you with PR, if you can afford to have someone to help you with PR, do it. It's an investment that you, you know, you're not going to regret. If you don't have that money, you do have time, and that's a different kind of investment. So I know running a business is really hard, but people still need to hear about the things that you're doing. And so if you don't have the money right away to set aside for a PR team, then get out there, you know, start sending emails to journalists, start trying to build those those local contacts and those relationships. The, what's great about a PR team is they, they bring those relationships, so you're kind of leveraging, I can now work with this team, and they're going to work with everyone else for me. Um, And that middle layer is really helpful, especially when you're running a business and you have so much else to focus on. But if, if you don't have that, I think building those relationships for yourself, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time, but it's going to pay off in the end. It's, I think, you know, it's kind of sweat equity that you're not going to regret. Great. So that brings us, you know, to our next point. Number four, there are different kind of relationships you can build too beyond journalists and things. And I think, you know, that relationship with your customers is really important. So for point number four, invest in social media you know you you just got to be there that's something that people talk about all the time now is are you on facebook are you on twitter linkedin or you know if you're not older are you on snapchat are you on whatsapp whatever it is um you need to be doing something to kind of connect with your your customers where they are um and i don't think that's just a trendy thing i don't think social media is going away um and you know that could be a whole podcast episode to itself there's so much to say about social media but really, you know, go back, going back to what we talked about earlier, knowing your brand, um, you know, setting goals for yourself. I think that's e- every bit as important with social media because you're going to need those goals. How many followers are we aiming for? Uh, how are we going to get this next promotion off the ground? Things like that. And you can't do that without a plan. You can't do it without really knowing your brand and knowing your audience because this is where the rubber meets the road. If they're not coming into a store and talking to you face to face, that they're not calling you onto the phone this is where you're going to be meeting them. And I, so I, I think, you know, knowing your business, being yourself, being authentic is really important on social media. It is. And something that really helps us with that is we create what we call an audience engagement map. Anytime we start thinking about what are our, what are the appropriate channels for us to disseminate our messages. So we create a, you know, a document that shows here are all of our, all of our different audience groups. 
here are the different messaging considerations for those audience groups. And then that third layer would be, here are the channels that are appropriate to disseminate that message to this audience. And then that tells us, okay, we should be on LinkedIn because we're dealing with a strictly B2B professional type audience, or we're dealing with a younger demographic and our product is quite visual, so we should be on Instagram. So it just kind of depends on what, who our audience is, what are our messages that we want to get across to those audience groups, and that helps to really create that strategy that you were talking about. So that brings us to our fifth point, which is identifying points of interest. So we really want to make sure in PR that you're looking for big initiatives, looking for changes or selling points in your business. These are the types of things that people want to see and hear from an expert on. So are you opening a new location? Are you providing community service? Are you hosting? Did your CEO just say something terrible? Oh my gosh, yes, that. (laughs) Um, Are you launching a new product or a new service? You know, these are all areas that we can strategize to secure media placement. And if you don't currently have a point of interest, create one. So think about what's happening on a national level that you can localize and speak to from an industry expert perspective. That's something that, you know, just because you don't think that you have any news, that doesn't mean that there isn't any news to share. There's always something going on from a national perspective that you can localize. So that's something that we we really work on with our clients. Um, You know, hosting a seminar about something that's happening on a national scale or from a local public policy perspective that your business can speak on and then throwing a whether that's throwing a block party or you know whatever the the tool or well basically you just want to find a way to get noticed right so right. you want to do something whether it's throwing an event and i think one of the greatest things about the world that we live in is everybody has a voice and so when something happens you're going to hear a million opinions about it i get emails all the time you know from twitter saying hey check out this story and see what people are saying about it And so, you know, intentionally making your business one of those voices and then finding a way to kind of amplify that voice, I think, I mean, that's what PR is all about. And that's the biggest thing that we want out of finding those points of interest. So even if it's not something directly happening to your business, maybe there's something culturally that's really related to what your business does. I mean, if you're a pet medication company and there's this huge breakthrough in veterinary medicine, speak to it. You know, as a company, it may not even be related to a product or service that you offer, but just your expertise in the industry and your thoughts on that are so valued by the people in the community that you're really doing yourself a disservice by not taking advantage of those opportunities to just get involved with culture, get involved in that conversation, and let people know what you think about your industry. Agreed. Well, awesome. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've really enjoyed the first episode of The Boilerplate. Uh, Beth, thank you so much for your insight. Thank you, Brandon. This is great. Uh, For our next few episodes, like I mentioned earlier, we'll be focusing on different aspects of public relations. So taking a deeper dive into some of the aspects of things that we've talked about today. Uh, We'll have some guests that I think you guys will really enjoy hearing. Uh, Tune in for more episodes for The Boilerplate. Go to podcast.creativeinferno.com. And you'll be able to find every episode starting after this one. Um, We plan on the boilerplate being a bi-weekly podcast. So keep checking back, staying involved, and and just dig in because we're here for you guys. And we're here to answer any questions that you have as well. Um, Yeah, check us out on social media, Creative Inferno. And we'll be posting updates about when our next episode will air. You can also email us at podcast at creativeinferno.com if you have any direct questions. And we'll try to answer whatever we can. So... Uh, You guys, 
keep at it, keep doing PR, and keep promoting your business. Great. We can't wait till the next time. See you soon. Bye.